Welcome to episode two of Blockchain Today. My name is Naeem Alabedi. I'm here with Robert Beatles. This is actually the CEO of the Monarch Token and also a very successful entrepreneur in his own right, creating numerous multi-million dollar businesses. You're also a crypto influencer. You have an awesome YouTube channel, Crypto Beatles, if you guys don't know who Robert Beatles is. So it's such a pleasure to have you on Blockchain Today, Robert. And I really wanted to talk about a primary topic of this podcast being that you have the Monarch coin under your belt. And I know you have a utility and a security token. And I think people, they don't really understand the differences between utility and security tokens. So I kind of want to touch on that as well as your past accomplishments, your story that brought you to where you're at today. Because obviously you're successful in your own right, generating multiple businesses that are creating millions of dollars of revenue. So uh, if you don't mind introducing yourself and you know where you come from, Robert, that'd be awesome. Sure. Well, first of all, man, it's a pleasure and, you know, honor to be here, man. So thank you, Naeem. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the president, uh, Snaybot, uh, CEO of uh, Monarch. And so I'm, I'm one of the co-founders. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you just want to start at the beginning and, you know, learn a little bit about me first, um, you know, I, I guess, well, I met my wife when we were 14. So we started, you know, dating at 14. And, um, you know, that obviously didn't sit too well with her dad. And he was kind of, you know, an older guy in his 60s already. So, um, I had to try really hard to to win his approval, and uh, we ended up kind of being, becoming best friends, you know, and so I, I kind of learned a lot from him um, as far as, you know, like hard work and honesty and seeing things through, and um, it ended up, I actually ended up getting married with our first kid at 17 years old. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, so it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a trying time, you know, we weren't rich, and, you know, her parents obviously weren't rich, and so, you know, we had to kind of, you know, do more and be more and, you know, kind of struggle to, you know, get off welfare, food stamps, all that kind of stuff and, you know, kind of make make our own way in life and make our own, you know, money to support ourselves. And so I kind of got into construction and I worked for a construction company and after a little while ended up, you know, running the construction company. And then I ended up leaving that construction company and starting my own and built one of the biggest ones in California. And then I created, you know, some real estate, you know, uh, investments, you know, from some of the profits and then a software company. And then from the software company, you know, I, I got into crypto probably around 2011. And then uh, about a year or so ago, um, you know, my friends, you know, they were asking me all these crypto questions all the time. And they're like, you know, what? rather than just texting you and, and calling you and doing all this stuff all the time, you know, let's uh, just start a YouTube channel, right? So I started a YouTube channel where I introduce, you know, these CEOs and founders and their projects and I bring it to the people and let them decide whether they're of value or not. And, you know, one of the things that I learned after interviewing all these people and all the, the people that I, I didn't let on the channel, you know, I realized how much of a disconnect there is. And there's really, it's, it's hard for people that don't understand crypto to, to use crypto, right? And all the solutions that are out there right now aren't really solutions. Maybe they address one thing, but they're not like the whole package. So we decided to create Monarch, which is kind of like, you know, the all-in-one platform to where if you want to control your financial freedom right from the palm of your hand and your cell phone, you can. So if you want to, you know, basically pay all your, your monthly bills, you know, um, if you want to, you know, invest in crypto, if you want to plug your bank account right into your phone, you can do all of that using Monarch. So now you're able to, with or without a bank, control your financial freedom. So, you know, it's, it was something that, uh, that I really wanted to see, you know, come to fruition was to where people that don't know anything about crypto that want to use crypto but not know how it works, they'd be able to. 
So, so you came from traditional business and you had so much responsibility early on in your life, you know, having kids at such an early age, meeting your wife at 14 and then transitioning into traditional business. Now you're getting into cryptocurrency. So I, I guess my question is, you know, what intrigues you about cryptocurrency out of all of the other emerging industries like artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, and all of these new upcoming industries while you're in construction and traditional business, but now you're into cryptocurrencies. What made you want to make that bridge into this new industry? Sure. So, you know, I, I'd been in construction, but I'd always been a little, a little nerdy. You know, I you know, started off you know, with like a 186 and a Commodore and Amiga. And I don't know if you even know what those things are. You're probably too young. <laughs> building BBSs and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I'd always had kind of a, you know, a little tech and software side of me. And so when I created, you know, a software company in uh, around 2009, around 2011 is when a guy named Max Kaiser kind of opened my eyes to, to cryptocurrency. You know, he's a guy that uh, basically said, you know, the, you know, I, I guess our financial system was, you know, being destroyed by, you know, institutions and, you know, the federal reserve and central banks and all those types of things. And so with something like Bitcoin, you know, we could free the world. There'd be nobody in the middle. You would basically control, you know, your own financial destiny, things like that. So as soon as, as soon as Max kind of opened my eyes to crypto in 2011, I just became kind of, you know, consumed by it. And so it's something <clears throat> that I'd been doing, you know, by myself, you know, for, for many years. And then, you know, a, about a year ago or so, I started opening up to, to the rest of the world and, you know, kind of sharing my passion with them versus just in you know, my inner circle. And I know with Monarch, there's something unique about your project, which is actually why I was intrigued to do this interview. And that's the fact that you guys have not only a security token, but also a utility token. And this is really the big debate that's going on right now. And it's the fight of, you know, securing utility tokens within the Ethereum platform and all of these other the application platforms like EOS that's coming out. And, you know, with the airdrops and what is that going to be considered, you know, with the SEC and just, just so much gray areas right now. And I want you to kind of talk about first and foremost for the people that don't know what security tokens are and what utility tokens are. What are the differences? How are you guys approaching this? And why are you guys approaching it in this manner? Sure. So we have a two token structure. And for people that don't understand, a security token is anything that's backed by like an asset, right? So anything that's asset backed would be a security token. Anything that's utility, that would be basically something just like it sounds. It's a utility. It's something that works just within the infrastructure of the project. It's not something that is deemed of value outside of the network. Sure, you can put it on an exchange or something like that, and maybe it'll go up or down in value just based on you know how many people buy or sell it. But essentially, a security token is, is asset-backed. The utility is just that. It's just used within the infrastructure. Knowing that, when we created Monarch, there's so many people just trying to game the system. They're trying to get away from the SEC. They're trying just to have like a utility sale. They're trying to you know, get away from doing things in the US, all just you know, in, in trying to make money basically, you know, trying to make money and stay away from the SEC. What we've done is we've just embraced it. We're like, you know what? You know, when I've talked to my audience, we have a lot of people that say, you know, I wish I could participate in this TGE or this ICO, but it's not open to the US. Or I'd get people that say, you know, I wish I could invest you know, in this project over here, but it's not open, you know, to, to this part of the world. So in knowing that it's like, okay, well, why hide from this? Just be compliant with the SEC, file the right documents, have, you know, have a security token for the U.S., have a crowd sale that's open to the whole world that is, um, you know, utility token based and make sure everybody can participate, you know, where and when legal. So, you know, basically rather than trying to skirt the system, you just embrace it. And because it's all going to end up becoming, you know, these, if the SEC decides tomorrow that everything's a security token, all these people that have been hiding from it, 
trying to just say, oh, we're a utility, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. They're going to have to rethink the whole, the whole thing that they did. So knowing that, it's like, hey, look, let's just play by the rules and, you know, just make sure we're compliant. That way everybody can participate and everybody stays out of jail. Do you believe that that's where things are headed, you know, with the SEC? Do you think they're going to consider everything as a security? Because if so, that is going to involve a lot of regulation. So, I mean, what's your opinion on that just based upon your experience so far dealing with the SEC, getting your licenses and things of that nature? Yeah. So, I mean, right now, you know, we, we filed all the forms like our bit license, you know, for New York. I mean, our legal team, VX3, has been you know, filing all the SEC, you know, documents that are required, you know, it's hard to say which way they're going to go. And there's people actually placing bets. Are they going to say, you know, so many things are utility, so many things are security. Nobody really knows. And I don't think the SEC knows yet, right? They're, if you listen to like the way they talk, you know, they're, they're always saying things like, you know, we don't want to be hasty about saying something that we may have to come back from or adversely affect the market. So I think they're still looking for clarity themselves before they decide on what is a security and what is a utility in the cryptocurrency space, because it's going to have unforeseen uh, consequences that they haven't even you know thought of yet. Like it may cause everybody to leave the U.S. and then they've lost out, right? Because if everything becomes a security, then you know all the crypto guys leave. They go to Malta or they go you know to Estonia or somewhere else, and then the U.S. is going, hey, where'd everybody go? Where'd all our income go, right? So you know that's that's some of the things that you know they they really have to to think about. But as far as what I think. Um, I think it's going to be a mix. I think there's things that are true utilities and they'll speak for themselves. Uh, then there's going to be things that are, are, are true securities. And if you just apply common sense, I think that's where we're going to end up is you're going to have things that are security and then you're going to have things that are utility. And then you're going to have a lot of people that pretended to be utility that it's going to become very evident very quick that they're securities and they're going to have to, you know, backtrack and play by the rules quicker or, or something like that. With that in mind, you know, a lot of people are saying different things of where the cryptocurrency market is headed. And, you know, I actually read an article recently that coin market cap a year from now is going to surprise a lot of people when they realize a lot of these projects are not going to be around anymore. And I want to kind of get your opinion on this because really the projects that I look for as an investor myself is projects that are infrastructure based because in 2000, obviously with the dot-com bubble, we're looking at projects that kind of resembled like the HTTPS coding or, you know, these DNS, like things that are infrastructure based that are going to be built on top of over, you know, the long term. And so, you know, understanding Monarch and the way you guys are approaching the market and then also understanding the current atmosphere with projects like EOS, Stellar, and some of these more popular projects that people are excited about. Where do you see the cryptocurrency market in regards to an investor? Because obviously you're successful in your own right, Robert, and I'm sure you invest in different projects. So what is your mindset right now as an investor in this market? Yeah. So, you know, I've invested in a lot of different cryptocurrencies and, you know, God's been good to us, man. So uh, one of the things that I always look for first is, you know, the idea. Right. So is it's something that anybody cares about. Is it something that anybody needs? So does it fulfill a need and does anybody care? And then if it does, then you look at the team. Okay, does this team have the experience? Do they have the passion? Do they have the financial wherewithal to actually deliver? Right. So once you get kind of past that, then you can dive deeper into the white papers, the fact pages. You know, you can start, you know, checking the bios, you know, a little bit more closely, making sure that their advisors, you know, know that they're the advisors and make sure the partners know that they're the partners. It's not just, you know, a bunch of, you know, fake stuff and, you know, scams. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what I look at first when I'm looking to invest in a project is, you know, kind of the basics. And so many people, they overlook all that. They're just like, man, I heard this YouTuber say that this thing's going to go to the moon. So I put all my money in this shit coin and (laughs) 
Now where'd all my money go? You know, so people don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't do the basics, man. You got to do your own due diligence, man. Cause this, like I've said from my very first video, every single one of these coins has the potential to go to zero. You can lose every single penny you put into crypto. So you have to be very, very careful, you know, what you invest in and always, you know, get, you know, financial advice and everything that I'm talking about here, man, is just my own personal opinion and for informational purposes only as, as of course, as YouTubers, you know, we always, we always have to say, because, you know, you know, we, we have our opinions and people can, you know, they might act on them. So we have to make sure that, you know, they understand that they need to do their own, their own homework. But as far as the market cap in general, um, you know, it, it's one of these things where if you look at the market cap, we're, we're approaching $300 billion, right? So that does not mean, and so many people don't understand this, that does not mean there's $300 billion in there. That just means that there's $300 billion, you know, of market cap, but maybe there's only $50 million or $50 billion of actual money. So for every dollar you put in, it might push the market cap up five or $10. So when you start having institutional money come into the space and say they drop, you know, 500 million, you might see it bump up, you know, 2.5, you know, trillion or something. So it's really hard to say uh, where the market cap's gonna go, but I definitely think it's gonna be going up, you know, and uh, traditional money is definitely wanting to come in. And uh, everybody I've been talking to, you know, on, you know, on the Wall Street side of things, we've, we've partnered with a lot of people um, on that side, and they all wanna start putting money in. Uh, so many people do, but again, they're, they're waiting for kind of clarity, right? Is it gonna be security, is it gonna be utility? Where do we put our money? Um, and so these ETFs are helping out a little bit because they're like, okay, well, we can put money into like Bitcoin and Ethereum, Litecoin, like these ETFs, and that's a little bit safer. So you notice the market cap goes up when they start putting money in these ETFs because that's still crypto-based. So once once SEC, I think, uh, clarifies things and traditional money comes in, uh, it's it's going to be crazy. The market cap's going to be, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Novogratz high, 20 trillion, but it's <laughs> It's definitely going to be up there. <laughs> and what is your opinion on what happened in December where we saw the liquidity of the market, you know, reach up to 800 billion and then 600 plus billion dollars just disappearing like that in a snap of a finger, you know, kind of reminds you of the big short. I don't know if you've watched that movie or you're aware of that. I'm sure you are. And you've been around the industry since 2000. So, you know, maybe an interesting question would be, what is your thoughts on the comparison of this new revolution compared to some past revolutions that you've seen in your lifetime being, you know, uh, you know, uh, present around that time? What comparisons do you see alongside 2000 and then 2018 now where we see cryptocurrencies starting to blow up in, in regards to or in comparison to the Internet back in 2000? Well, the cream always rises to the top, right? So you've got a lot of crappy projects out there that have, you know, no way to actually fulfill upon, uh, you know, their promises or their intentions. And so just like in the dot-com, just like in crypto, there's going to be, you know, a few winners and a lot of losers. So um, I, I think you're going to see, you know, more of that. Uh, as far as the, the market crash, I really think that was just a case of manipulation. I think um, there's multiple facets. I think that you had, um, and these are just my personal opinions, but I think you had exchanges manipulating currency. I think you had a combination of tether, you know, printing a bunch, you know, um, of just fake, fake money, in my opinion. I can't prove it. I'm not going to try to. But um, you know, I think between tether, exchanges, um, manipulating prices, manipulating uh, the potential for uh, volumes, um, I think having some whales come in and uh, buy at certain times, 
and, and push the price way up. And then a bunch of, I would say whales collaborating together, all deciding to dump at the same time, drops it. And then a bunch of whales come in and decide to buy it. Uh, you'll see these huge, you know, uh, you know, waves and, and, and cliffs. Like and if parabolas. you, exactly. And, and if you look at, uh, you know, some of these Bitcoin wallets, you know, just for example, you'll see one that had, you know, maybe, you know, a million Bitcoin, right? And then after the, after the crash, you know, maybe they've got, you know, 10 million Bitcoin, right? So I'm not, obviously those numbers are way off, right? But I'm just saying they would have 10 times the amount. So it's like, obviously they knew what was going on and you can, I mean, dude, it's DLT, right? Everything's on the ledger. You can look, I'm not just some conspiracy theorist. You can look at their wallets and see that they started off with, you know, X and now they have Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, right? It's like they made a lot of money off this. And so a lot of people lost money. Very few people made a bunch. So I think it was uh, manipulated. And, and being the <laughs> president of the Monarch uh, coin and, and, you know, working on this project, you know, uh, what has really been your primary focus right now? I'm sure you're uh, currently talking to a lot of different partnerships or a lot of different companies in regards to partnerships and raising funds and things like that. Um, what, what have you seen uh, coming into the sphere that is more unexpected? You know, what were things that you weren't expecting coming into this? Um, and, and what are you dealing with right now in regards to, you know, trying to make Monarch, you know, something great? Sure. There's a, there's a lot there. Um, I guess I'll start with the first thing. I mean, the first thing that I cared about was actually delivering the product first, because one of the things that I found when I've you know interviewed so many people and looked at so many projects is they're just all talk, right? So many people are just, you know, hey, I got this idea, I'm going to raise a whole bunch of money and then I'm going to hire the programmers and then I'm going to build the idea. But you know, those people would get the money and they'd run. So the first thing I care about is delivering something worthwhile of value that's better than anything else out there and do that first and then start raising money. So on our own dime, you know, we created, you know, the Monarch wallet, which we are not a wallet. That is not what we are, but that is the foundation. So I like to liken it as, as a high rise. So we're building a high rise. And the first thing that we wanted to do was build a very solid foundation. And so for us, the foundation is a wallet that holds every single ERC-20 on the planet right now, Bitcoin, and then all the major cryptocurrencies. So you need a really solid foundation that also has, you know, like a portfolio tracker. So people can track their portfolios. People can track, you know, the market cap. Uh, people can, you know, read the news. So I wanted to make sure that they had something right now from day one. I don't know if you've delivered or I don't know if you've downloaded it or not, but I'll open it up for you right now. So this is the first thing that I really wanted to do was to make sure that we had something of value, you know, right now that people could download. So if you want to put any ERC-20, you know, in the world right now, if you live in a third world country and you want to be able to buy foods and service or anything like that, you can download the Monarch wallet. They can download the Monarch wallet. You guys can start trading ERC-20s between each other, any single ERC-20 right now. It's not like, hey, we added five cryptos this week and we'll add five more next week. No, we added every single one. And then we've got, you know, Bitcoin and all the other major ones, um, you know, coming soon. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, that was available. And then what I wanted to do was make sure that people that wanted to basically control their financial freedom right from the palm of their hand because they're, they're so distraught with the banking system. If they don't want to use a bank, they don't have to. I wanted to make sure that they could pay all their bills from it. Right. So that way they could pay for their car payment, their rent, their mortgage, you know, their Netflix or Hulu slide a little button. Now they got reoccurring payments set up, control their private keys. If merchants want to accept, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies, 
but you know they don't want that's something that interested me about monarch because i actually do subscriptions through my platform where we have our analysts provide daily market updates and i can't accept cryptocurrencies just because there isn't any sort of application that allows me to and i saw the fact that you guys have been working on subscription-based payments through cryptocurrencies, which is interesting. And then if you could also talk about what differentiates your wallet from all the other wallets. I mean, just the fact that you have a wallet on the app store is awesome because I know there are very uh, you know, stringent regulations on who can have an app on the app store. So that's amazing. And congratulations on that. But what else makes your wallet different? You know, Not to sit here and promote your, your token, but I want to know what you are trying to revolutionize in this sphere because obviously this is all infrastructure and this is stuff that as an investor, I look at. Um, so could you elaborate on, you know, what differentiates Monarch from every other wallet right now? Yeah. I mean, from every other wallet right now, to my knowledge, we are the only one that is completely decentralized. So you control everything. Okay. So you have your, your private key, your private seed. You can add every single ERC 20 on the planet. So I don't know of any other wallet out there that can do that that's mobile. And, and this is available for desktop too. So every single ERC-20, whether you get a Dogecoin or Ethereum or any little ICO, say you just bought some ICO, you know, it's not, you know, it's not out there, but you have the contract address, you can add it. So, you know, it's like Mule on steroids, right? So you've got all that right now for free delivered before we ever, you know, started, you know, a pre-sale or anything else like that. But again, we're not a wallet company. That's, that's not what we are. We just wanted to make the best one out there to build upon so that way people can actually start plugging in, you know, hey, look, if you want to have your bank account, plug into this and be able to buy crypto, sell crypto, and then put the money back in your bank account, you'll be able to do that with Monarch. Because, you know, we're, like I said, we're playing by the rules. We're getting our broker dealer license. We're making sure we're complying with the SEC. We're doing everything legitimately and we're building a kick-ass platform. So, you know, it, it's all these little things that, you know, we wanted to make sure that you know, adds real value to the world. But the biggest thing out of all of this that I wanted to make sure that, you know, was was really, really, really you know, important, you know, especially to, to Snay and I was to make sure that people that don't understand crypto, that want to use crypto, they don't need to know anything about it to use our app. And it's, it's more than just an app. I mean, it's basically your, your financial kingdom in the palm of your hand. But you don't have to know anything about crypto. When we're done with this thing, it's going to be as intuitive as Facebook. You're not going to have to know how the algorithms and protocols of the little thumbs button is. When you hit that little thumb, you're going to end up liking something. You don't understand how it works. You don't want to know how it works. You just hit that thumb button and guess what? You're liking something. That's how this thing's going to end up being when we're done with it. I love that. And then in regards to your future plans with Monarch, so now that the wallet has been built, at least with this first prototype, where do you guys see the rest of Monarch? Because I know you guys are trying to do asset-backed tokens as well with certain, you know, hard commodities, which is awesome. I actually convinced one of the, uh, my team and I, one of my uh, friends, Roy, uh, we do work together and um, we have one of the largest uh, uh, jewelers on Rodeo Drive here in Los Angeles accepting cryptocurrencies now, which is awesome. So, you know, we're able to actually liquidate cryptocurrencies with these hard assets and because he's paying the taxes for it, it's also a way for, you know, individuals that are, you know, crypto rich and cash broke to be able to liquidate uh, so that's been interesting, you know, just impacting the industry in small ways like that. You know, something I always tell people in my audience is to go to small businesses and start showing them how to accept cryptocurrencies using simple applications like BitPay, which is pretty much free for these companies. And then now they have another avenue of accepting payments, which could be liquidated immediately. So there's no risk of volatility or anything like that. You know, so with Monarch and the wallet that's already built and the foundation of the skyscraper, what are the other levels of this skyscraper going to include? 
Well, sure. If you want to talk about, you know, the security token where we're actually adding physical silver to. So, you know, we know that that is a security token. So we're making sure we're compliant. One of the problems that, you know, I've, I've often heard from people is that they're afraid that their cryptocurrency is going to go to zero. They're afraid it's going to end up being worthless. The team's going to leave and the currency is going to go to zero. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, with, with ours, that every single, like 10% of every, every dollar we raise and 10% of all the transaction fees that we charge to the merchants goes to backing each security token with physical silver. So we partnered with Scottsdale Mint, Josh Fair. They're the guys that do like the, the minting for the central banks. So they're about as legit as it gets as far as like gold and silver and the minting and the storage and uh, making sure that it's all verifiable. So we partnered with them. 10% of all the money that we raise and 10% of all the funds that we receive from transactions go to physical silver. So one day, if we get mass adoption and everybody starts using this thing, you could end up with a, a security token that's backed by one ounce of silver. Will it go to one ounce? I have no idea. It, it depends on adoption, right? But you just know that 10% of everything that we're getting goes into an actual you know, security token backed by silver. And 60%, well, I guess it's 50%. 50% of the actual transaction fees from the merchant you know, to, uh, to Monarch actually goes as a weekly dividend to the security token holders. So we wanted to make sure that every week, the people that you know, believe in Monarch, the people that are holding security tokens, they're rewarded. So they're getting a paycheck every single week you know, with 50% of the transaction income you know, from the merchants. And so another thing that we've done is with our merchant plugin, basically for, like you said, the merchants that want to accept crypto, but they don't want to deal with the volatility, you know, with our uh, broker dealer license, it allows us or will allow us to basically, you know, take the user's crypto, convert it to fiat and pay the merchant. So there's no volatility on that part. And they're able to say, hey, yeah, we'll take your Ethereum, we'll take your Bitcoin, your Litecoin, your Monarch, whatever, because they don't have to deal with it. They're just getting fiat. So, you know, that's that's another little thing that we're doing. And, you know, I, I know this might be a little bit off topic. That's all amazing. Um, and, you know, you're, I, I hate to keep stressing this, but you're extremely successful in your own right. Could you talk about some personal things that you've done, you know, throughout your life that have helped you really stay focused and uh, to, to just, you know, achieve the things that you've achieved? Uh, you know, I'd love to hear some, some quick tips in regards to personal development as well. Well, first of all, I mean, it all comes from God, man. So without him, I wouldn't have anything. And then it's uh, family. You know, without, you know, without an awesome family and the support, uh, especially, you know, my wife and, and my oldest kid and my, and my youngest kid, it'd be, you know, like impossible. So, you know, you got God and family first. And then, you know, it's, it's honestly just hard work and, and not giving up, right? So if you have an idea and you know that it's a value, you just don't quit because, and you, and you put in the work. See, that's one of the things that you know, it's, it's kind of wrong with, uh, with some people, you know, why they fail is they failed because they quit. And so throughout my entire life, if, if I've wanted something, I just, I don't give up. I see it, I see it through to the end. So um, those are, I don't know if it's just stubbornness or if it's just, uh, you know, what it is. But if I, if I put my mind to something, I don't quit until, until I get it. And so with, with construction, it was the same thing. I wanted to make sure that, you know, we started off and made a million bucks and make a hundred million bucks, whatever it is, you know, we did it. You know, we wanted to be the biggest, the baddest we were. Uh, with software. I'm like, okay, cool. I want to build something awesome and I want to do it for the government. So we did. So we started, you know, building things for like the United States post office, you know, building, you know, building really cool things for them. And then, you know, just like with crypto, uh, we decided that, you know, I want to bring, I want to bring, you know, real value to the world. Right. So uh, that's what I'm doing. So I did the first part and, you know, now I'm doing the rest. And so it's, I don't know, man, it's just, uh, 
you know, believing in yourself, not giving up, and, and, and making sure that uh, you, you have an amazing team surrounding you. Yeah, and I ask that question because a lot of times, based upon your past success, your future success is going to be, uh, you know, reminiscent of what you've already accomplished. And, you know, you've had such an amazing career. I know you also have a book called Here's What You Do. I know this is kind of a little bit out, you know, older, uh, but could you talk about that book and what you wrote uh, about, you know, in that book and uh, what that's all about? Man, that's, it's like, that was another life. Let's see, I was around 2010, if I remember right. So yeah, people, you know, my friends and, uh, you know, and a lot of other people, they're asking me how I made my money. You know, how'd you do it? You know, what'd you do? You know, did, did you rob banks? Did you do it? Well, what, what did you do? Right. So I'm like, you know what, fine. I'll write a damn book. I'll call you. Here's what you do. <laughs> And then you guys can go do it for yourself. So that was pretty much what it was. And, you know, it was, it was basically, you know, um, you know, talking about real estate, you know, how you can, um, you know, make money. Basically, you buy one property, you fix it up a little bit, you sell it, you buy more, you know, things, things along those lines, different uh, uh, grants and things like that, that you can get uh, subsidies and things like that for, uh, you know, for helping, uh, you know, build things and, and to, uh, you know, start a business and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's outdated a little bit. And I talked about, you know, silver, I talked about, you know, investing in it, you know, buying as much as you could. It was like $3 an ounce and, you know, it went up to 50. So, um, you know, it was just, it was things like that, that, uh, uh, I decided to share via paper versus again, you know, text messages and phone calls and all that kind of stuff. And what makes it so unique. And the reason I mentioned it is it made the top 100 business books. And then you gave all of the proceeds to charity. So you're talking about all of this money and the way you made it, but then it's, you know, not something that really interests you to make more. I mean, not that you don't want to make more, but you know, you giving back to charity and stuff, it shows a lot. And I think knowing that that's the president behind Monarch, it's so important. And, you know, um, I also see, you know, you, 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 you pretty much have all uh, experience in your life, not necessarily traditional education. Am I right? No, I, uh, I, like I said, I got married at 17, so I needed a J-O-B, not a PhD. Right? So, <laughs> it was one of those things where, you know, I just had to go out there and work and, you know, provide for the family. So school would have been cool, but, uh, you know, I just, I didn't have time for it. And I think that's interesting because a lot of entrepreneurs, and I, I know there's this misnomer that is around that you can't make it when you're married or you can't make it when you have kids or it's something that holds you back. But you know, my personal opinion is I've seen great entrepreneurs make it with a family. And, and it, to me, it shows even more dedication and it, it kind of creates this why behind the how. And, you know, that why continues to drive the entrepreneur, the individual that's going out and striving to make something for the family. So I think it's really cool that, you know, you've done that and you've represented such a niche audience, which is somebody that can succeed despite the things that come ahead of you. And um, I think that's awesome that you've done that, Robert. I appreciate that, brother. But, uh, you know, I, I've heard that a lot too, man, but I wouldn't be where I'm at without my family. So, you know, it's like for, for one man's weakness, it's another man's, you know, strength. And so like, you know, with, with the wife and the kid at an early age, actually it propelled me to, to do more and to be more because I had to take care of them. So that's, uh, you know, I don't know where I'd be if, if I didn't uh, do what I did, you know, back then. I love that, man. And so it's so nice to get your opinion on everything. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, you know, what, uh, what websites, where could people find you? You know, uh, obviously you've got the Monarch app that's already out on the app store. So everyone should download that. I've got the app itself. Um, it's almost like an Exodus on crack for me because Exodus doesn't allow you to add all the cryptocurrencies and it's a desktop app, but there's no mobile app. And then the Monarch app allows you to do every cryptocurrency and it's just like Exodus where you can store all of it 
have your private keys and stuff. So it's awesome. Uh, but where, where else could we find you, you know, other than YouTube crypto beetles, um, you know, any sort of causes that you're passionate about that you might want to talk about? Sure. So, um, you know, first of all, download that, uh, that wallet every week because we're making updates like today. We just pushed out a new update. So the one you probably have on your phone is outdated. You have more cool features today that you didn't have yesterday. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things too, is every single day, you know, we're, we're working our butts off to make sure this thing is amazing. So, and we're pushing up updates every single week. So I would, I would you know, probably, like, you've about, you've almost got over a dozen developers, right? You've got quite a yeah. few of them. 26 people working on this. Yeah. So, wow. You know, it's all self-funded, you know, myself and Snake. So yeah, we got a lot of people working on it and uh, we're, we're making sure that this is, you know, successful the best that we possibly can. And we're going to you know, do everything we possibly can to, to make sure that this thing succeeds. And, you know, as far as, you know, contacting, uh, you know, we got crypto beetles. Uh, that's me and my son. You know, we uh, interview CEOs and founders of different projects. Um, so that's just you type in crypto beetles anywhere, you know, on Google and you'll, you'll find us. Uh, monarch it's just monarchtoken.io uh, it's monarch token on telegram you know we're there you know all the time 24 hours a day so those are those are really cool you know ways to uh, to reach us uh, anytime and as far as causes man you know there's there's so many good ones out there so i guess it's probably it's one of those things that it's uh you know for for each person they need to find what's important to them and, and find a way to contribute and find a way to uh you know give what they can and so you know, like for me, it was, you know, like make a wish, you know, like helping, you know, like, you know, little kids, you know, see, you know, see or do something, you know, before they couldn't. Right. So, you know, those, those are one of the, you know, one of the charities that I like quite a bit. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Robert. And, um, it was truly a pleasure having you on blockchain today. Likewise, man. Thanks so much for having me. God bless everybody. God bless. Today.